Let's go, we back. You got it. Episode 61. Yeah, episode 61. That's where we at right now. Still doing, you know what I mean? Still knocking these numbers down. This is shit I don't condone it. She ain't on your man, but you can get it if you want it. Looking for a bad bitch, I finally find a culprit. Nigga taking shots, send them back to the postage, yeah. Hey, that nigga, why won't you shut up? It's the motherfucker 502 come up. And every time I'm back in the city, every bitch with a hit in the gym run up. Come on, nigga. Yeah. Young nigga, young nigga. Your friends bad too, then come come with you. And we like bitches with their own shit. We don't like gold diggers. Girl, if you don't get the fuck from me, I know you thought we had something special, but you don't mean nothing to me. Girl, I'm sorry you got the one for me. Every nigga did you wrong, except for me. I'm next to blowing, so you should have been next to me. Say you lost it, but I got the remedy. I get your long dick and longevity. Don't settle for less or for infidelity. Niggas ain't built like me. He came back and pipe and leave that pussy guilt like we or even. Keep the business behind his lips like me, I got a hundred fucking problems. Good brain and my fucking with a scholar. Wood grain, I'ma grip it when I whip it. If I take a shot and break it, I'ma flip it. Shout out Bryson Tiller. This mixtape, but this album used to go crazy. If she throw that pussy at me, I'ma hit it. Pen Griffey, but she won't get it. Pen Griffey. Young nigga, young nigga. Friends bad too, then come come with you. And we like bitches with their own shit. We don't like gold diggers. Girl, don't give a fuck from me. I know you thought we had something special, but you don't mean nothing to me. Girl, I'm sorry you not the one for me. Classic. Trap Soul album is one of the top debut albums by any artist. Ever, especially any R and B artist, can't nobody tell me that Bryson Tiller ain't have the uh the summer on lock when that trap soul came out. Yeah, man, we back. You got it. Episode sixty one. Upon the head top, definitely was gonna do something yesterday. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't get to it. Don't know why. But, um, yeah, man, so you know, I'm still trying I'm trying to get to a point where I'm doing at least four episodes a week, if not five, which which is I mean, yeah, at least four episodes a week, if not five, so I'm still trying to build build my page up, 
build my Twitter, uh, build my Instagram page up, which I just recently started. So definitely tap in. If you ain't following my, my Instagram or my Twitter, it's both you got it on Instagram and Twitter. Tap in. I'm trying to, you know, trying to build them pages up. So, you know, I'm going to keep flooding, flooding the timelines with the content. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's just part of the journey. It's all part of this journey. So I'm loving it, though. I can't even front. I'm loving it. Uh, where are we starting at today, man? I'm a lot going on, man. I don't really want to start. I got to stop saying man, too. I think my mom told me that. I got to stop saying man. Uh, kind of don't want to start with sports. I kind of want to get into some other. Oh, and speaking of that, it's still look, it's still Mother's Day for me. I know I know Mother's Day is over, but as I stated, I think it was might have been two episodes ago. We not we not just celebrating Mother's Day for one day. We giving them at least a week, if not two weeks. Like we not we not just doing that. We got to stop doing that. It's like the same thing kind of with Black History Month. We not celebrating Black History Month just for one month. We celebrating Black History Month for the whole year. We not just giving mothers one day. Out of three hundred sixty-five, we're not doing that. So we got we got to stop that. That just trying to give them one day and, and just let it ride. No, we're not doing that. So happy Mother's Day to everybody. Happy Mother's Day to my mother. And I know we a couple of days away from the holiday, but to me, it's it's still y'all. It's still y'all time. It's still y'all time. Uh, speaking of that, I do. You know, last episode I, I told you I watched the, the Jennifer Lopez Amari Hardwick movie, The Mother. And I definitely did want to do a recap of that movie. And the movie to me was at was a nine out of ten. It might have been a ten out of ten. I would watch it again. It was either a nine or a ten out of ten. Easy. Hands down. No questions asked. Um Jennifer Lopez is is and this is spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Shout out to Amari Horwick Ghost. He was on Stephen A's World the other day talking about the movie. Um, but yeah, Jennifer Lopez is like a former military type person who in the movie uh is pregnant and the dude who I think yeah, I think he was the baby's father is trying to kill her because of, you know, some secrets that she kind of told. So in the beginning of the movie, uh, you know, she's kind of being hidden. She's kind of like being interrogated or interviewed by the FBI, which is a uh, ghost or Amari Hartwick. I don't want to just call him ghost because he's, I don't want to keep him in that box of just being ghost, but we all know him as ghost. Sorry. Sorry, Amari uh, Hartwick. But, um, but he also was, uh, my man off next day air too. He was also, also that man, uh, Shabu off, off next day air. Yeah. That's what his name was. But anyway, uh, shout out to Mike Epps too, one of my favorite comedians, top five comedian for me, Mike Epps. Um, but uh, yeah, so in you know at the beginning of the movie, she's pregnant, she's getting interrogated by the, the FBI or Secret Service or whoever that that is, and you know they kind of breach the, the the house. The guy comes in there, he stabs her stomach because he sees her pregnant. He kind of stabs her stomach and slices her stomach open, trying to kill the baby. And, you know, miraculously, Jennifer Lopez ends up having a baby, but she knows that she's in danger. So she gives the baby up 
Amori Hartwick promises to uh, take care of the baby and and only you know let her know about each birthday and you know if she's safe and things of that nature. And uh, eventually, you know, the baby grows up. She's a teenager in a foster you know in a foster home, but she doesn't know it's a foster home, but it is a foster home. And uh, she. Uh, gets threatened, you know, there's a threat on her life. So they contact Jennifer Lopez, who's had no contact. She was only, you know, asked to be contacted if there was danger. So she gets contacted, and and now the movie, it turns up after that. Once she gets contacted, it turns up. They kidnap the girl, Jennifer Lopez or Mario Hartwick, go somewhere overseas, or I forget, where they go to some foreign country, they go get the girl back. Well, her daughter, obviously, yeah, her daughter, I don't want to say obviously, but her daughter, they go get her back. And it just turns up like it's just nonstop action, the whole movie, you know. And and Jennifer Lopez, uh, Jennifer Lopez ends up um, teaching her daughter pretty much everything that she knows because she knows that these people are going to keep coming after her until you know this threat is over with. And uh, in the midst of you know protecting the daughter and protecting Jennifer Lopez, Amari Hartwick gets killed, which I was sad about. I was mad. His name was William. In the movie, I was, I was, yeah, I was, I, I thought he was gonna make it, but he kept saving Jennifer Lopez in the movie, and every time he did it, he got jacked up. He got shot, you know, and you know when they in breached the interrogation room, he got shot going up the steps first, trying to lead the way. Then when they go to uh, retrieve, you know, her daughter, he steps in first. She got somebody, you know, lined up. He comes in there, he gets stabbed in the back. I mean, he just, I mean, he was getting, he was getting beat down the whole movie. All you know, all about protecting you know Jennifer Lopez, and eventually he just couldn't fight back anymore. You know what I mean? And they and they they took him out. But uh, yeah, so you know she she teaches her all all the um everything that she knows in regards to just trying to protect herself. And her thing is that I'm not gonna let you go back to your foster home until I know that you can protect yourself. So she teaches her all those things. You know, in the midst of all that, there's you know some some humanity. Uh, where they kind of share some some special bonds and special moments. Um, Jennifer Lopez, being that the the military trained uh, mercenary type person that personality that she is, she doesn't have any feelings. She doesn't know how to be a mother. You know what I mean? But she is her mother, and, and with that with that being said, she is the protector. And there comes a point where it's like a metaphor in the movie where um, Jennifer Lopez sees some wool. She sees a wolf. A wolf. I want to say wolf, a wolf, and the wolf is like kind of feeding on a, a deer or something. And the wolf kind of sees Jennifer Lopez, and Jennifer Lopez pulls out her gun, and she is ready to shoot the wolf. And then a bunch of baby wolves come out of a cave. It's probably like four or five baby wolves, and Jennifer Lopez does not shoot the wolf. The wolf goes into the cave with with her, with her cubs, and she doesn't do it. And it's like a metaphor of like, you know, the mother was eaten, but then when she sensed the threat, she was protecting, you know, the baby the baby wolves. You know what I mean? So it's like a metaphor for the whole movie. I thought that was super dope, uh, just how they kind of related that whole situation. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to give y'all the full recap of the movie because you know I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but definitely super dope movie. Definitely check it out. I could see a sequel coming because eventually they they eliminate the threat 
that stabbed Jennifer Lopez, which turned out to be the girl's dad. And then she kind of goes back to the foster home. And Jennifer Lopez is just kind of like, you know, looking over her, this, that, and the third. And, uh, you know, apparently they think that the threats are over with. But, you know, for me, I feel like either the threats are going to come back or Jennifer Lopez's daughter grows up to kind of be her. And, you know what I mean? We get some type of sequel. I don't know. That's just kind of, that's just like my my writers and, and uh, creative mind working um, where I can see a sequel. Now, do I have any idea if that's going to happen? No, I don't. But I just kind of can see that, you know what I mean, just with just with how I think, you know what I mean? So um, definitely super duper dope movie, though, for sure. Uh, it's on Netflix. It premiered last Friday. It is out um, currently right now. And, yeah, man, definitely check it out if you get a chance. Uh, also, I watched... The Kiki Palmer documentary, it was about 45 minutes, I believe. And I thought it was pretty cool. You know what I mean? You kind of got to look into how Kiki Palmer got into the industry, what problems that she faced. And I kind of seen her, I, you know, she's been she's been doing interviews with all types of people. Uh, she's been glowing for sure. I, I should do a glove segment on Kiki Palmer because she's definitely been glowing these last couple of weeks. I understand now it was for a rollout to, to, for her documentary. And um, yeah, I thought it was cool. Uh, we got to start, you know what I mean? Kiki Palmer is is a living legend. We're not going to act like Kiki's not a living legend. She is a, she's a living legend. Uh, she's done a lot musically, um, personality-wise, acting. And um, yeah, she she's def. I mean, yeah, I, who doesn't like Kiki? Who doesn't like Kiki? Everybody loves everybody loves Kiki for real. Everybody loves Kiki. So definitely, you know, check that out. It kind of gives you some backstory. She also does kind of you know tap into some things that are um behind the scenes in the industry that she had to deal with uh that were negatively allegedly that may or may not have happened i mean this is a documentary but i don't want to you know i don't want to get into any speculation or anything like that um but yeah man definitely check that out so i did watch that as well last weekend and definitely both you know both were definitely grade a watches i will watch them again so uh yeah man so that that's definitely and speaking of you know what i mean um Speaking of, you know, the mother and me, you know, my creative mind and how, you know, how people think. And, and, you know, again, we always shouting out to the writers and the showrunners of movies. But why are the writers on day 17 of their strike? Why is that? I don't understand why they're on day 17 of their strike. Why is it that, you know, these directors, they do not want to pay these people? I don't understand it. I do not understand why they don't want to pay the writers, you know, the WGA. Uh, hopefully that, you know what I mean? They they can get a deal done sooner than later. I think it's well-deserved for them. But, you know, and I believe I've I seen them start picketing in Chicago. Uh, so this, I mean, this, this, this movement of, you know, this strike is going to get bigger and bigger, I believe, in my opinion. So... 
hopefully, you know what I mean? I mean, they just want an honest living. I don't think that's too much to ask for is an honest living. I, I just I just don't think that. You know what I mean? So I don't know if they think they can just find other writers or, or I don't know. I don't really know what the what the whole thing about that is, but I would definitely like to see that strike end um, definitely soon. Uh, just so they can get back to to earning a living. So that's that's all they're, that's all they're looking for. They're not looking for anything extravagant. They just want to earn an honest living and make good money, being the creatives that they are. And I, I just don't think that that's too much to ask for. So, again, shout out to the writers, showrunners. Um, definitely, you know what I mean. I'm I'm definitely riding with y'all in regards to um. Making sure y'all, you know, hopefully y'all get, making sure y'all get paid and paid a fair wage for, for the excellent work that you do. So, uh, kind of transitioning out of that, what else do we have that is going on? Uh, making good Jonathan Majors. Now, I think I said something at the end of the last episode. I just I definitely want to get into this. Megan Good apparently is dating Jonathan Majors. And they are getting cozy with each other. Um, they have been spotted out somewhere, but there are no pictures to my knowledge as of right now. There are no pictures. And I've seen a lot of backlash in regards to this being a PR stunt, Jonathan Majors, you know, being in trouble and wanting to, you know, well, previously dating, you know, uh, a white woman, for lack of a better word, and now coming over to, you know, a black girl because he's in trouble with the law. And, and I don't really, I don't like that. I don't like that narrative that's being pushed, that this is a PR stunt by Jonathan Majors, because if this was a PR stunt, why would Megan Good agree to participate in that? It's entirely possible that they like each other. It is entirely possible. I mean, there's there's some you know some rumors going around that that Jonathan Majors only dates white girls, uh, kind of similar to Michael B. Jordan. Um, of course, Michael B. Jordan did date Lori Harvey, but that was supposed to be an outlier. I don't, you know what I mean. I don't really know. I don't keep up with these celebrities' dating lives, but. I just don't like the backlash that Jonathan Majors is receiving. Nor nor any toward and we and, and we appreciate Megan Good. We appreciate her. No slander towards Megan Good will be tolerated at all. And I, I I just don't appreciate, you know, this whole thing about it being a PR stunt. As someone that is that me personally that have dated both black and white, uh Asian, um, I don't know what I mean. German. I've I've dated multiple different races, and I just don't see any reason why Jonathan Majors is incapable of dating a black woman. I just I don't see any reason why that is. You know what I mean? Your preference may be white women. That's entirely possible. I'm not going to sit here and say that that's not possible. That is possible, but you might meet a black woman that might attract your interest. And y'all might have things in common and it might work. It might, you know what I mean? It might work. That That's entirely possible. So 
I just kind of, I just don't like the narrative, man. You know what I mean? It, it's a whole thing about, you know, uh, it's supposed to be a good look for Don, Jonathan Majors to be dating Megan Good. And I'm just not here for that narrative at all. I'm not. Um, I'm not entirely sure why people would be mad about this whole situation. Other than the fact that they don't think that he really likes her. But, you know, I think this situation is still an under-the-radar situation because we have not seen pictures of these two yet. But, I mean, ultimately, you know what I mean? We, we love the kind of, we love the, this type of story um, to try to find out information of it. So, I mean, what what more can you say? But, like, what more can you say? You know what I mean? Thank you. We appreciate those t those type of things. And I just, you know what I mean? I just don't want this to be a situation where these two people, these two individuals like each other and we're sitting here saying that this is a, a PR stunt. So I, I'm not here for it, man. I, I'm definitely not here for it. Uh, but shout out to you know what I mean, Jonathan Majors, man. We thank you. We thank you for this, this type of you know what I mean, this type of entertainment and speculation of what it possibly could be. So, um, the one thing I, I will say is that, I mean, hey, this is what we are right now. I, I will say this, but it, it's it's definitely a tough situation. For sure, but I definitely just do not like the narrative that's being pushed, man. At all. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? And that's probably what Jonathan Majors is thinking. You know what I mean? Are y'all not entertained? What more do y'all got to talk about other than me dating Megan Good? And sure enough, I'm sitting here talking about it. So that just is what it is. But um, it kind of like you know leads me into thinking uh, thinking about the whole appearance thing, and. I was listening to uh, Stuck with Damon Young. Damon Young is a friend. I haven't spoken to him in a while, but he's a friend. He's a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, I think his book is What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker. Something that, yeah, I believe that's the name of his book. And he's speaking about uh, like kind of appearances. And I'm going to play this soundbite right here, and we're going to kind of get into this. I'm going to play this soundbite. And we'll get into the topic, though. And teachers, administrators, adults are going to treat you better. Human beings respond to aesthetics. Yeah, if you're dressed more presentably, if you're wearing nicer clothes than the kids who, you know, might might not might have cheap things on, might have holes, might be dirty. And I've seen I've seen it even as a teacher. Right. How how you know subconsciously people respond differently. To the kids who don't look as presentable and what what are we okay so let, let's shout out shout out to d young uh that's my man we go back way back i've known him for a very long time we grew up playing basketball together um yeah but you know solid individual though for sure definitely solid individual but uh i kind of want to get into the this whole situation that Woody was just talking about like presentation um what people see 
And does appearance dictate how people treat you? And I, I kind of agree that sometimes appearance does dictate how people treat you. Do I necessarily um, believe that it's right? No, I don't. I don't think it's right at all. I don't think that it's right at all. Um, as someone, and, I, and I'll give you a prime example. Like one of the things I like to kind of do, um, not on purpose, but I, I kind of get like a, I don't know. I kind of get some enjoyment out of the whole situation. Is I like the golf. Okay, I, I like the golf. I, you know, I've been an avid golfer for years. My dad got me into golfing um, when I was real young, probably like a teenager. Uh, we used to go to Maple Crest, um, which was like a nine-hole course with 18 different tees. You know what I mean? Like my beginner course. We used to go to Oakmont and golf. And I've been golfing for a long time. Now, one of the things I kind of enjoy is when I go to the golf course, you know, well, when people go to the golf course, they wear khaki shorts, khaki pants, collar shirt. Uh, you know, they have all types of, you know, golf equipment and things of that nature. And, and you know, I understand it. You know, it's part of the appearance of, you know, looking like you have some type of money. And don't get me wrong. A lot of deals go on in the golf course. Um, you can meet a lot of, you know, and very important people on the golf course. Um. And another thing that, you know, when you dress like that, it does look like you can play because you have like top flight equipment, you have those type of things. And yeah, so one of the things that I kind of, I kind of enjoy doing is going to the golf course with, you know what I mean? I, I do have, I do own a pair of golf shoes. Shout out to my daughter. She got my golf shoes. I do have a pair of golf shoes. Uh, but I wear like regular, sh you know, regular shirts, regular shorts. Um, sometimes I wear t-shirts, you know, I, I, those are the things that I wear to the golf course. And I get a kick out of like going there, dressing like that and being able to play. It might not look like I can play, but I can play golf. Like I'm not, I'm not a scrub. I'm not like a professional, but I can get a birdie or two here and there. I've got an eagle in my resume. I think I've got two eagles on my resume. Um, I've shot low scores. I've shot in the 80s before. You know what I mean? I think I'm around the 90s golfer. Um, have I shot over 90 and 100? Yeah, I have. I mean, I'm not, I don't practice. You know what I mean? I'm not a dude. I don't go to the driving range. I don't go like on putting greens before I play. I don't do any of that stuff. I just go out there. I get out the car. I go to the tee box and I just start playing golf. I'm not like a dude that like does all that extra stuff. I've never took lessons. I'm a natural athlete. That's always how I've been. But when I do get paired up with other people and they have, you know, all this equipment, they're dressed super duper nice. And, and you know what I mean? And I take like I get enjoyment of beating them and playing better than them when that happens. Now, it doesn't always happen. Don't get me wrong. I've definitely been paired up with some dudes that definitely could play. You know what I mean? And they look like they could play. But. I can play too. I just might not look like I can play. So I say all that to say that you should never judge a book by its cover. Like you just, you just shouldn't. You know what I mean? I, I, I think it's, it's not a shallow thing. It's like a, it's, but it's, it's a, it's a common thing though. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna say it, you know it doesn't make you shallow by doing that, but it is a common thing. I just don't feel like 
like I have to dress up every day, all day, to kind of like prove a certain status. I, you know, as I stated before, I'm an athlete. I grew up as an athlete, um, but I just don't. You know, I like to be. I like to wear comfortable clothes. So when I go to the golf course and I play good, and these people don't think I can play, and all I think is this. <laughs> Got it. Got <laughs> you know what I mean? I got them. They, they, you think you better than me, but you're not. You know what I mean? I can, I can play. I'm not a slouch at all. And you know, I, I go places, and you know what I mean. I see people that are dressed up, and I'm there with sweatshirt, sweatpants, uh, sweatpants, t-shirt, tennis shoes. And I go to places where people are, are having collared shirts on and, and button-ups and ties and suits. And am I sticking out? Yeah, I'm sticking out. You know, Yes, I'm sticking out. Most of the time, I'm the only black person at some of these places. That That's just how it is. Uh, but I can hold a conversation with anybody. And I do get social anxiety, so I don't really hold conversations with people. But I'm capable of doing that. I can talk about all types of things that these people can talk about. And I just, I just, I just, I just, I'm not somebody that feels that you should be, you know, judged by what you have on. You know, there's always a meme going around where uh, you see a dude that's dressed up, um, you know, super duper dressed up. And then you, I think you see like Jay-Z or somebody and he has on like, or Jeff Bezos, not Jay-Z. I think Jeff Bezos and he has on like, uh, you know, regular jeans, um, some sort of just polo t-shirt. Uh, no chains, no jewelry or nothing. And the dude that looks like he has a lot of money because uh, he has all this stuff on doesn't have more money than Jeff Bezos. I think that people that have money don't show it. Now, I think there's a difference between showing that you have money and and not showing that you have money rather than uh, showing that you are intelligent and not being intelligent. So I think there's definitely a difference in regards to that. But I like to be comfortable. That's just the bottom line. I like to be comfortable. So do I get dressed on occasion? Yeah, I do. Of course I do. When I'm out of town, I definitely get dressed. But if I'm just on some, you know, everyday wear, regular day wear, I'm throwing on some sweats. I'm throwing on some sweatpants, sweatshorts, um, T-shirt. I'm like, I'm just, I want to be comfortable. I don't like, you know, I don't like sweating in the car or, or I just like, I just don't like wearing those type of things. You know what I mean? And I don't want to be judged based off those type of things. I don't want to be treated worse than you would treat me if I had on a button up or, or, or a suit and tie versus if I got a t-shirt on and some shorts, you know what I mean? Like you shouldn't like, I just don't really agree with that, but I, I do also think that it is a thing, though, and I and I think it's it, it's a, it goes back to the whole perception is reality type of thing, and you know it's just a, it's an interesting conversation. That's all I'm saying. My take on the whole thing is that I don't believe that you should you should judge a book by its cover. I do not believe that at all. Um, have I been someone that has 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 been judging before? I think yeah, I think we all have. You know what I mean? I think we all have, but I try not to do that as much as possible. Um, just for the simple fact that I don't really, I don't really don't want anybody judging me. 
based off appearance. So it's kind of like, you know what I mean? You're walking down the street. Um, one of my things is I, I like to wear dark colors. I like to wear all black. I think it looks good on me. I'm oh, I'm a little bit overweight. Black makes you look a little skinny. I like to wear that. I don't want to be walking down the street and then, you know, somebody else walking the other way and they see me with all black on and cross the street. Like, I'm not, I don't plan on, I'm not doing nothing to nobody. You know what I mean? So why are you crossing the street? It's just like kind of one of those things. I understand that there are some, you know, better safe than sorry scenarios in which you do those things. You don't have anything to prove. But, you know, it's, it's just one of those things, man. But, you know, so I guess my question to y'all is, is do you think that appearance makes people treat you, you know, differently? And if you do think so, why? Why do you think that? Um, so, yeah, that that's just kind of, you know what I mean? Shout out to D. Young for that, for that, uh, you know, that topic of conversation. Um, definitely, you know, tap into to what he got going on. Stuck with Damon Young is the name of his podcast. Um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely tuned in. It's definitely, you know, definitely very dope. He interviewed Wiz Khalifa today. Uh, definitely check that out. Um, and we will get into some more things from that Wiz Khalifa interview. We ain't going to do it this episode. We may do it next episode, but we'll definitely get into that. Uh, yeah, man. So, you know, we're we going to transition out of that, man. But but it, it, in regards to, like, appearance, um, I kind of want to get into this whole situation with Daniel Penny and uh, Jordan Neely. Of course, Daniel Penny's the Marine veteran that – was charged with second degree manslaughter for choking Jordan Neely on a subway train. And, and part of the reason why he choked Jordan, Daniel Penny choked Jordan Neely was because of, because of his appearance and because of how he was acting. But it was more so about his actions based and based on how he looked. And, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's an unfortunate situation, but anyway, I go on, I kind of want to get into the whole thing. And he, there has been uh, $3 million, okay, $3 million raised for Daniel Penny's legal defense team. And the description of the funds um, have exceeded the fundraising goal, which was only 50, I think they was trying to raise 50,000. So it's an online legal fund for this Marine. He is a Marine. So of course there's going to be a lot of love for him, but $3 million, almost $3 million for somebody that like donations for somebody that killed a man in broad daylight is completely disgusting. I mean, completely disgusting. I'm, I'm not happy with the amount that has been donated to this, to this person, uh, and I understand, you know, like why people are donating because he's a Marine. But at the end of the day, this man killed a man on broad daylight for no reason. Um, some people are donating saying, thank you for protecting the citizens that day. Bro, you didn't protect the citizens that day. This man, Jordan Nelly, was not a threat to you. You didn't protect any citizens that day. You had a mental health episode, not Jordan Neely. You had a mental health episode, and you took it out on him and killed him in broad daylight in front of a whole bunch of people. And now there are people donating money to you to your for your legal defense. And I'm 
I'm utter, I, I, I haven't been more disgusted in a long time. You know, he's been dubbed as the Subway Superman. Are you kidding me? A Florida Republican representative, Matt Goats, said Penny was a Subway Superman. That's that's like one of the more disgusting things I've ever heard in my life. Like, like, I just, I mean, how we value life nowadays is just, is just beyond me. And I, I'm not happy with it. I want to kind of bring some light to that situation, but I don't care how much money that he, he gets donated. The fact of the matter is that he killed a man in broad daylight for no reason. End the end of story. Should there be some leniency because he's a Marine vet? Yes, there should be. I, you know, I'm not saying throw him in jail for life, but this man has to go to jail. He has to. Like he he has to. So uh yeah, man, that, that that's crazy. That that is super duper crazy. Um but let's let's kind of get in let's let's kind of get into this note of the week. We don't got a lot of time left. I'm not extending this episode like I've been extending the, the last two episodes. They've actually went over, I believe, uh those episodes have went over an hour. And I am not really doing that this episode. At least I'm trying not to do that. So um, but I do enjoy the, the longer episodes though. I, I ain't going I'm not gonna front. I do enjoy the longer episodes. Uh but let's kind of get into this no-no of the week. And this no-no of the week is going to the Australian police. Uh, this story is coming from the British Broadcasting Corporation, the BBC, and this no-no is going to the Australian police who um, tased a 95-year-old woman with dementia, okay? An elderly woman, Australian woman with dementia is in the hospital with life-threatening injuries after being tasered by police at a care home. So she's in a facility. Uh, officers were called to... Yalambi Lodge in Kuma after reports that the 95-year-old Claire Noland was carrying a knife. Um, this incident has sparked outcry over what advocates say was a disproportionate response. The New South Wales police chief has said she shares the community concerns and an investigation is underway. Uh, upon arriving to the center, Miss Nolan was found in her room armed with a steak knife in the early hours of Wednesday morning. Both officers and care home staff tried to de-escalate the situation before she began approaching police. It quote-unquote, it says, it is fair to say at a slow pace and was tasered. Whoa. Okay, she had a walking frame, but she did have a knife. Um. Okay, police and care home, She's 95 years old. Okay. Uh, family friends, you know, claim that Miss Nolan was struck twice with the tasers in the chest and the back before she fell, suffering a fractured skull and a serious brain bleed. Her family is already grieving as they do not expect her to survive. Um, they told the BBC. The family is shocked and they're confused and the community is outraged. How can this happen? How do you explain this level of force? It's absurd. I 100% agree that this is absurd. Okay. I don't, I don't understand 
what reason you would have to tase a 95-year-old woman? I don't understand what reason you'd have to, to tase a woman, that, any, any, any woman that's over the age of 60. There's no reason to tase them. They are not a threat. I don't, unless, I mean, okay, let me call that off. If they have a firearm in their hand and they know how to use it, at that point, they may be a threat. Not a 100% threat, but they may be a threat. But you still might be able to take them out. They're 60. Like, they're, they're old. Okay, and, you know, somebody goes on to, to state uh, that either she's either one hell of an agile, fit, fast, and intimidating 95-year-old woman, or there's a very poor lack of judgment from those police officers. And I need, and I and I, com- I completely agree. She needed somebody to handle her with compassion and time and not tasers. These officers basically killed this woman. She's 95 years old. And I I don't really, you know, I, I have to look at that as if that's my grandmother or somebody of that nature. 95 years old. I don't care if you have a steak knife in your hand. If you are a 95-year-old woman carrying a, carrying some type of knife and you come to threaten me, I don't need a taser to take you down. I don't. Like, I, I just don't. I don't need a taser to take you down. Um, I, There's no, to me, there's no justification of tasering a woman that is 95 years old. There's zero. Now, I, you know, I've, I've been on here before. I've, you know, I've complimented police officers uh, for, for their actions that they've taken in response to mass shootings, uh, being brave to, to, you know, step in front of situations that, um, that require, you know, someone that is trained uh, to handle situations that, you know what I mean, that normal civilians can't. So I'm not somebody that's anti-police. I'm not. But this situation right here, I'm anti this situation. There's no way in the world you should be tasering a 95-year-old woman. This woman is almost 100 years old. She has lived a, a full life. She is in a personal with what do they call it? personal care home, uh, resident, you know, old folks home. I don't really know the, the specific term for it right now. I'm, I'm not really trying to think of it either, but she is in one of those places. She's supposed to be safe there. She's not supposed to die there from the police. There's no way it's just not supposed to happen. I don't. I, I, I just don't care. It's, it's, something like that is not supposed to happen. So this no no is going to the Australian police that tased a 95 year old woman because they were too scared to you know even and and that's another thing she's 95 even if they were to attempt to stab the officers there's no way she's doing any damage it's 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 not it's not humanly possible it's not humanly possible i don't know if you've ever seen a 95 year old woman but they are not they don't have any muscles they don't so this this no-no is going to these australian police officers I'm not saying you should lose your job, but we definitely have to question your judgment. You're using force against somebody that old. I, I just don't like it. It's a no-no for me. And just something that I just can't go for, man.
that's just something I just can't go for, man. I, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick t- to my stomach about that story. I hope there's some justice to be done. Um, the family already, you know, thinks that she's not gonna make it, and I, I'm, you know, I'm praying for, I'm praying for. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, we all have grandmothers and grandparents, grand, you know, grandfathers, and they, they, you know, even even with a knife, they couldn't hurt a fly. That's just the bottom line. Um, so that that's you know that's where we at with that. Uh, transitioning out of that, um, switching gears over to sports. Lakers, Nuggets. Uh, Jamal Murray scored 23 of 37 points in the fourth quarter, propelling the Denver Nuggets to a 108-103 comeback, come from behind win over the Lakers tonight to take a 2-0 lead in the Western Conference Finals. Jokic had his 13th playoff triple-double with 23 points, 17 rebounds, and 12 assists for the Nuggets. And the Nuggets are two games away from the Finals. They've never been this close in their history. Game three Saturday night at the Crypt, uh, where LeBron and the Lakers are eight and zero. Um, Jamal Murray, I mean, he was sensational in the fourth quarter. Twenty three of thirty seven points is is outstanding. Uh, he had missed twelve of seventeen shots through the first three quarters, but he found his touch in the fourth, going six for seven, including four three pointers, and fueling a fifteen one run that gave Denver a ninety six to eighty four lead. I gotta be I gotta be a hundred percent honest right now. I do not know if the Lakers can beat this team. And and we all would love to see a Lakers versus Celtics finals. And we'll get into the Celtics heat after this. But I I don't know if the Lakers can beat this team. This team, I think I've stated this before, they have they cover all the boxes. They have a superstar in Jokic. They have a second fiddle in Jamal Murray. They have glue guys. They have veterans. They have three-point shooting. They have, I mean, this is this is one of the more complete teams um, that we've seen in a playoff run. Now, Jokic has had these runs before, but, he, you know, there's always been injuries. Um, and I will say this, after game one, um, in which the Lakers lost, but they came back, there was a sense of, the Lakers kind of figured out some things, you know, that would work. And I think the Lakers were in good position to win this game tonight. But then Jamal Murray happened. And I'm just not sure if the Lakers are defending at a high enough level to beat this team. The consistency with Anthony Davis is just not there. He had 18 points. Uh, he had 40 the first game. I mean, 80, I need more than 18. If you gave me 40 the first game, I need at least 25. You know, LeBron James had 22. Austin Reeves, 22. Um, I need more than I need more than that from Braun. I need at least 30. 25, to, I need 30 from Braun. And that's asking a lot for somebody that's 38 years old. That's asking a, a whole lot. Um, the sleeper of the Lakers was Rue Hachimura. He had 21 points off the bench. And without him tonight and his 21 points, the Lakers get blown out. Like, like it's not even close. They get blown out tonight if Rui doesn't have 21 points off the bench. Bottom line, AD and, and LeBron, they got to play better. They have to play better. They were combined 13 and 36 from the floor, 
LeBron is one for 20 in his last, in his fourth quarter threes. So he, I don't know why he keeps on shooting the three ball. He hasn't hit the three ball with any consistency in the playoffs, this whole playoff run. Drive the ball, Bron. There's no reason to keep settling for jump shots. Drive it. That's what you're good at. Nobody can stop you. He was posting up Jamal Murray in game one, doing whatever you wanted. Anytime you put your head down and get to the basket, you get whatever you want. I do think the Lakers did find something with, with putting uh, Hachimura on Jokic and having ADB the roamer. So I did think they found something because they kind of slowed Jokic down a little bit. I mean, he had 23 points, but he still has 17 rebounds and, and you know 12 assists. I think if you're going to single cover him, he cannot get 12 assists because then he's getting his and he's making everybody around him better. You got to take something away. Now, granted, the Nuggets did what they were supposed to do. They held home court. Um, and now if they can still win in L.A., I don't think L.A. wins this series. I don't see them still in one of L.A., but anything's possible. You know, the way they look right now, the way they've been playing, they're tough to beat. Now, Phoenix came back on them when they were down 2-0. Uh, we'll see if the Lakers can do the same. But it's a tall task. It is a very tall task. I will say this, though, that Bruce Brown, KCP, they've been playing outstanding at home. They've been shooting the ball at a high clip. Michael Porter Jr. shooting the ball at a high clip. I believe he had 23 points tonight. Uh, I think he had 21 the other night. I mean, he's been playing outstanding basketball. But in the scouting report, it should say something that he wants to shoot every time he's going to the left. He never goes to the right, ever. He never goes to the right on his jumper. He gets the ball. He wants to dribble with his left hand and, and fade to the corner and shoot the three ball. Michael Porter Jr. is not somebody that shoots off the right-hand pull-up. That's got to be somewhere in the scouting report. It has to be. Uh, but, yeah, I, you know, the Lakers, I mean, I don't know if they're in trouble. They have to win four out of five against the Nuggets. I think if they hold, if they can hold their home court and bring it back 2-2 in Denver, I think it's possible for them to steal one in Denver. I believe that once they didn't steal game one in which they thought they was going to steal game one, I think that um, – I think that I'm not going to say they mailed it in this game, but when they didn't get game one, I think they were a little, you know, kind of distraught. So um, we have, you know, we don't have a series until the, the, the road team wins a game. So I'm not going to say this series is over, but I don't like what I'm seeing from the Lakers. I, I just don't. So we'll see if that changes these next two games or even though no, we'll see if that changes in game three, because game three for the Lakers is a must win. Period, point blank. It's a must win. Uh, Getting to the Lakers, I mean, the Celtics and the Heat. The Heat stole game one. Um, Jimmy Butler, 35 points, 20 after halftime. And the Heat rallied in the second half to beat the Celtics, 123-116. Um, Miami trailed by nine at the half before turning it, around, turning it around with a franchise playoff record, 46 points in the third and outscoring Boston. 66 to 50 over the final two quarters. It was Jimmy Butler's playoff Jimmy. That's what we that's what I call him. Playoff Jimmy. Fifth game with 30 or more points this postseason. And he added seven assists, six steals, and five rebounds. Bam Adebayo added 20 points and eight rebounds. Kyle Lowry, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, and Max Struess all added 15 points apiece. That's balanced scoring. That is like it doesn't get any more balanced than that. The Heat went 16-31 from the three-point line. 
And, you know, what you see with the Miami Heat is what you get. A hard-nosed team. They're going to share the basketball. They have a superstar that could take them home. They have a glue guy and a defensive defensive anchor and Bam Adebayo who also can get you 25 and 20. Um, and they have shooters. You know what I mean? Gabe Vincent, Max Struz, they're players. They're shooters. But they're snipers. You got to watch them. Duncan Robinson, snipers. They have an experienced point guard and a champion in Kyle Lowry. This is a complete Heat team. They're not as complete as the Nuggets, but they're pretty complete, though. Um, they don't have the star power that the Nuggets have, though. Uh, Jason Tatum led the Celtics with 30 points, but he did not take a shot in the fourth quarter. He did make, I think, four free throws, six free throws in the fourth quarter, but he had zero field goal attempts. That's not going to work for the Celtics. The Celtics go as Jason Tatum goes, period, point blank. Jalen Brown, I understand he's a star. He's, you know, he's been putting up numbers. He finished with 22 points, nine rebounds. Malcolm Brogdon added 19 points. But I don't care how good Jalen Brown plays. He can go off for 30 or 40 points. It doesn't matter. If Jason Tatum is not playing well, the Celtics are not winning. That's just that's just the reality of what it is. That I'm taking nothing away from Jason Jalen Brown. He is he is definitely a star in this league. He's not a superstar, but he is a star in this league. Jason Tatum is a superstar. When Jason Tatum has it going, everybody on the Celtics has it going. When he doesn't have it going, then, you know, they kind of struggle. You know what I mean? And that's just the reality. Uh, playoff Jimmy is a real thing. It's nothing. There's nothing else to be said about that. And I, I, and I like the Heat. I'm a team that likes the Heat. I've been talking about the Heat for three years. And I've always liked them. I like the way that they play. I like Jimmy Butler. I think he's a dog. And you know what I mean? I always kind of go back and forth with my homie about the situation. Um, he's a Celtics man. He always loves the Celtics. but And he hates that the Celtics always match up with the Heat. But um, the Heat is tough. They're tough. That's I mean, that's a tough team to beat. You, I mean, you have to literally beat them. They're not going to give the game to you. And I think that that makes a difference. Boston is is four and four at home in the postseason. Um, you know they're definitely wishy washy when it comes to uh, consistency. They're always up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, are they still the favorite to win this series? I would say so. But tomorrow night's game is a big game. If Miami goes in there and wins this game tomorrow night, Boston is in trouble because I don't think they win two games in Miami. So tomorrow night, to me, is a must-win for Boston. It is a must-win. I think they'll win. I have no doubt in my mind that they'll win. But I would not be surprised if they don't. Okay. Um, What else do we got going on in sports? Doc Rivers. Oh, yeah, Doc Rivers got fired. Sad to see that happen uh, for Doc Rivers. But I think he lands somewhere safely. Um, There's a lot of good coaches out there. Doc Rivers, uh, there's a lot of openings out there phoenix is one of the openings milwaukee bucks is one of the openings openings toronto raptors doc rivers should be i think in milwaukee i think he would do well in milwaukee or in phoenix uh monty williams also lost his job nick nurse um yeah and i mean there's some openings that that are available so i'm interested to see who these openings go to uh there's some talk about jj reddick getting a job mark jackson they're both well deserved um they should get an opportunity um, but I would like to see Monty Williams still in the league, and I would like to see Doc Rivers still a coaching job. Um, you know, Mike D'Antoni, I'm not rolling with that. 
And I don't hear any talk about Stan Van Gundy or Jeff Van Gundy. I'm not sure if they're content with being in the booth, but those two are both excellent basketball minds. You can't go wrong with hiring either one of them. You can't go wrong with hiring J.J. Reddick. You can't go wrong with hiring Mark Jackson. But I haven't heard either of the Van Gundy's name mentioned um, in regards to any of these jobs. Now, granted, like I said, they may be content with being in the booth. I don't know. But um, I am interested to see where these openings go to. But I would like to see J.J. Reddick get a job. I would like to see Mark Jackson get a job. I would like to see Monty Williams get a job. I would like to see Doc Rivers get a job. I believe that they should they should be they sh- those coaches right there should have a job in the league. Stan Van Gundy should have a job in the league if he wants one. Jeff Van Gundy should have a job in the league if he wants one. Um so I'm interested to see what happens with that. Uh the Spurs did win the draft lottery. They won the Wimbanyama sweepstakes. They will be drafting him first, obviously. Uh the Pistons, who also had the second highest odds to get the first pick in the draft, they ended up with the fifth pick. And I know people were from Detroit were not happy with that, specifically Jason Rose. Um, yeah, what else we have going on in sports? The PGA, the PGA uh, majors, PGA championship has started this week. No Tiger Woods. Um, not too happy about that. Uh, oh, we had this weekend. We got a big, bo- big, big boxing matchup this weekend. Devin Haney, uh, Lomachenko. I'm excited to watch that. The only thing that I'm upset about is I think it's at the same time as the Lakers game. Um, so hopefully the Lakers game is over before the main event starts. Uh, but that's a huge boxing match. Huge. Um, I'm looking forward to it for sure. I will be somehow watching both at the same time. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to watch both at the same time. Uh, that's all we got, man. We getting out of here, man. You got an episode 61. Um, yeah, and we getting out of here. Uh, but definitely, Haney Lomachenko, I'm excited for that. I'm excited. Okay. Uh, oh, White Men Can't Jump comes out. Jack Harlow. Uh, Sean from Power. Um so I'm excited for that. And I don't want to call him Sean from Power. What is his real name? I'm mad about that. I can't think of it. I just he was just on first take the other day. And the name is slipping my mind right now. Oh man. But anyway, that comes out on Hulu tomorrow night. Uh yeah, and that's all we got, man. We out of here. You got it. Episode 61. Gia. Oh, it's still Mental Health Month. Take care of your mental wealth. We're going to get into that next episode, too. Because I got something I really want to talk about in regards to mental health. So we'll get into that next episode. Somebody pay these writers. 
Get them off the picket lines. Shout out to the writers, showrunners. You got it. Fade the phone out the sky. My physical's a shell, so when I see you, I'm 